What's happening, everybody? Before we jump into today's show, where it's a good show, we're going to be talking some quarterbacks and some tight ends. I want to thank today's sponsor, Fantasy Champs, the premium, the premium place to go for all of your fantasy football trophy needs. You've got to check out these trophies and these rings. My goodness, the way you can pop one of these rings in a display case and just let everyone know that you are the best. You're the best at fantasy football because that's what it's about, winning and letting people know that you won. So if you head over to fantasychamps.com today, you can use the promo code BALLERS and you're going to save 10%. Welcome to the Fantasy Footballers DFS Podcast. Coming to you from the Playdraft Studios with your hosts, Mike Wright, Ben Cummins, and Chris Meany. Ho, ho, ho! Welcome into the podcast, the Fantasy Footballers DFS podcast to be specific. I am your host, Mike, the Fantasy Hitman Wright. Welcome aboard this crazy train that we call daily fantasy sports i'm joined as always by my fantastic co-host you can find him on twitter at ben cummins ff how are you doing this fine fine day ben i'm doing swell michael thank you for asking swell that's how you're doing doing swell fantastic okay (laughs) and always chris meany from the fantasy sports network you can find him on twitter at chris meany how you doing man bonjour (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> oh very we well that. done i saw that uh yeah on twitter and uh, a little shout out to well uh, done to, to the fans yeah well that's a that's a shout out to <laughs> the the fantasy footballers podcast where uh i like an idiot say bonjour to everyone who i know for sure that they don't actually <laughs> speak french and i don't so <laughs> i can understand a little bit i i definitely know Bonjour. Yeah, we got bonjour. That's that's uh, the extent of my knowledge. So welcome to the Fantasy Footballers DFS podcast. This is DFS for the rest of us. Whether you are brand new to the game, whether you've been playing for a couple years, we know, we know that we got some good information for you. Today we're going to be talking some quarterback strategy. We're going to be talking some tight end strategy. And then next week, hold on to your britches. Because it's week one time. We're diving in. We're looking at salaries. We're looking at at the the strategies that we're, we're thinking through. Defenses that we are going to attack. Salaries that we are going to fade. That, that's, that's when the magic really starts. But you got to have a good foundation. If, if you build your house on the sand, you're, you're done. You're done. So you got to have this nice, good, flawless, crackless, concrete floor to put. Uh, you got to put your bed on there, right? I like Am I that. right? Oh, absolutely right. You can't be building houses on sand. Couldn't yeah, that's that's right. a that's a stupid thing to do. Come on now. So I want to remind everyone about the Ultimate DFS Pass. That is the only tool, the only subscription you need to be ready to locked and loaded for your your DFS lineups through the weekend. Tons of articles from my co-hosts here, Ben Cummins, Chris Meany, Jake Seeley from the Fantasy Sports Network is is also involved there. One low price for the entire season. You can check out everything that's involved over at Ultimate DFS Pass. Well, fellas, I'm going to click the little button here, and then we're going to get into some quarterbacks. 
quarterbacks. Starting at the top, the most important position in possibly all of sports, but is it the most important position for your fantasy football team, for your your daily fantasy football teams? Ben, we're going to start with you for a quarterback. Just tell me, what, what the heck matters for a quarterback? Yeah, we don't want your lineups to sink like we don't want your houses to sink. So what, <laughs> we're going to keep going to this all show. <laughs> oh, yeah. Where, where, where we're going to start here is with efficiency. Now, you're going to be sitting there saying, what are you talking about? You guys have been preaching volume at every other position. And that is correct. But quarterback is a little bit different. Efficiency actually matters more than volume at the quarterback position because we're not really looking at at the number of pass attempts like we are looking at targets and we're looking at rush attempts. Instead, we're looking for stats like high yards per attempt, uh, completion percentage. Is the quarterback going to be efficient with those high yards per attempt, things like that? Here's a quick example, and it's Aaron Rodgers, but he was the quarterback one in 2014, yet he only threw the 14th most pass attempts that year. However, he was second in yards per attempt. So what you're looking for is you want quarterbacks that are aggressive, that are going to hit big plays, that are going to throw for long touchdowns. And when that happens, it actually means that that quarterback is going to have less volume. But at the end of the day, that's where the majority of your quarterback fantasy points are going to be coming from. And since quarterbacks aren't really fighting for opportunities with teammates like other positions are. There's really not even that big of a gap between high and low volume at the position where where there is at other positions. And really in today's NFL, almost every single quarterback is seeing a legit amount of volume. Another reason why it's not as important. You want those studs that are going to be efficient, that are going to win games, and they're going to throw touchdowns. And that doesn't necessarily mean a ton of throws, because usually when we see a ton of passes, it's teams that are playing from behind, right, that are losing, that have to throw, yet they're not being as successful and efficient with those passes. Chris, when you're looking at a quarterback for the weekend, what is, what's kind of the first thing, the first steps that you are, are looking at in making your decision? Well, we've talked about this a lot through these shows is is game totals and Vegas implied team totals. You know, typically your quarterback will put up more points at home and just comfortable the environment. And to echo Ben's point, yards per attempt is it's so huge. It's it's key and red zone passing attempts. You know, Ben, you brought up Aaron Rodgers. I mean, this guy threw the ball a ton in the red zone. Whether he'll do that this year if they have a run game inside the red zone, but we know, as you said, Ben. Rodgers likes to take shots in the red zone. He loves the discount double check. He loves to do that. <laughs> he just loves it. I mean, we know that about Rodgers. He likes to get get his own. Uh, so I'm looking at, I'm starting with Vegas totals. I'm starting with teams at home. I'm starting with quarterbacks that like to throw the ball a, a ton. And, and you make a good point. We've, we've talked a lot about volume. Uh, efficiency is, is key. Uh, you want guys to be able to, to complete passes and, and get those yards. You get the boom, big boom or bust wide receivers that can take it to the house, and that just adds all those yards for your quarterback too. Um, on the flip side, I'm sure we'll get into this a little bit on strategy. 
Uh, I sometimes don't mind to take a shot on a quarterback in, in a GPP as opposed to a, at a cash contest, a smaller contest. Uh, looking at a quarterback that's going to be low-owned because if this low-owned quarterback is going to hit and he's going to be down in the football game, and I think he does have a chance to get some touchdowns even though the efficiency may not be there, uh, I don't mind taking a shot on those quarterbacks that they're going to be cheap and they're going to be down in the football game and they're going to be looking to pass it. And if they have a couple guys on their team that can, you know, a couple little dips, uh, whether it's to a tight end, whether it's to a back, whether it's to a slot receiver, um, some slants, just some easy short yardage attempts that I know are high percentage uh, that will help a quarterback get back into the football game. That's not a bad idea to take a shot that way too. Yeah, just like you said, Chris, home favorites, quarterbacks that are home favorites are generally more consistent. They score more points and they have more upside. So you want to start there, whether it's cash games or GPPs. But to your point, Chris, there is absolutely like we've talked about in other podcasts, there's absolutely something to be said for actually targeting road favorites or even slight underdogs in games and GPPs, because we know just like we're talking about right now that the masses gravitate to those over-unders, gravitate to those implied point totals. So that's a way when we have to factor in ownership again in these tournaments to potentially say, you know, let me go with the, you know, the the road quarterback here that's favored to, that, that is the underdog by three points. However, they still have a sneaky high implied point total. This is a game that I really like, but the masses are going to be on the home quarterback. So let me get a little contrarian and go with that cheaper play. So that's something that you can utilize looking at those implied point totals on the kind of contrarian tournament end of the spectrum. And ben, talk, at, ben, sorry, real quick, Mike. Ben, talk about, uh, implied team total i just want to make sure that everyone is up to up to snuff with that terminology so just explain that uh, real quick yeah great call so what you're going to do to figure out the implied team total is you're just going to take the over under which is basically the total amount of points that vegas thinks is going to be scored in the game by both teams you're going to divide that by two and then you're going to take the spread and let's say a team is favored by four you're going to um you're going to incorporate that as well to determine what, how many points the favorite and the dog are sp- sp- specifically, excuse me, supposed to score. So you just add two points essentially from the middle of the spread. Yeah. Middle of the over under. I apologize. Yeah, you're, yeah, that's right. It's because it's four points. You're gonna you're gonna give the favorite two points, and you're gonna take two points away from the dog. All right, Chris, jump in there. Yeah, no, I was just going to talk about, again, just preaching red zone. Everything is red zone. It's all about touchdowns. It really is the name of the game. If you can land these touchdowns, I mean, that's, that's fantastic. You know, brought up Aaron Rodgers, red zone passing attempts. Uh, Drew Brees, number one in the NFL last year. Aaron Rodgers, Phillip Rivers, Matt Ryan, Derek Carr. Uh, and, you know, like some of these... Some of these quarterbacks, certainly they've had a running back that could run it in. Carson Wentz is in there. He was six most passing attempts. They didn't have a running back that could run it in. You, and we'll get How into this. How dare you insult about- Ryan Matthews? <laughs> yeah, forget Ryan Matthews. Man, this guy's done now. Um, but, yeah, so and, – and Matthew Stafford. I mean, though – we saw some injuries in that backfield in Detroit. Some of these, some of these quarterbacks that uh, Carson Palmer. Yeah, they have David Johnson, but he also likes that they all like to 
throw to David Johnson and get in that way. And, and we'll talk about strategy as we get going and we get into week one. But taking a look, and as the season progresses, you will get a good feel of which quarterbacks like to chuck the ball inside the red zone, inside the 20s, and they don't necessarily hand it off or don't have a true back that they feel they can get it in. And I feel like some of these quarterbacks, in my opinion, get a little bit of a boost because that's what I want. I want my quarterback throwing the ball in the red zone and, and trying to get me those touchdowns. Yeah, you need that upside. And it really, I mean, in, in tournaments specifically, but even in cash games, you know, you're kind of looking for that 300 yard passer and that guy that has the ability to score three touchdowns. So kind of at the baseline, especially in tournaments when you're just trying to decide, okay, how much should I pay up for a quarterback or how much should I pay? What stats, what stat line am I looking for? You really want that 300 yard passer and that three touchdowns, especially on DraftKings because they have a three point bonus if your quarterback does get over that 300 passing yards threshold. Yeah. And we'll pick on teams throughout the season that, you know, depending what their red zone defense is like. Can they stop the pass in the red zone or can't they? Like if they can have a great goal line defense, teams are going to throw the ball on them and those kind of things we'll see. We have a little bit of information from last year, of course, and adjustments have been made in the off season, but these are the kind of things that, you know, people will be able to see certainly us and we'll be able to, to break it down more as the season goes on. Certainly scoring opportunity is, is huge in fantasy football because the touchdown is the difference maker. It is the separator. Ben, I just wanted to ask you a quick question about uh, underdogs because you had mentioned that if you're in a in a, uh, a big tournament in a GPP, you'd consider doing a, a contrarian pivot to the underdog, but you mentioned a in your example you were saying, that, well, let's say they're a three-point underdog and there's a high team total. I, I'm still willing to get in on that. What What are your thoughts on an underdog on the road who is a heavy underdog are you are you chasing the potential of garbage time which also infers that that quarterback has not done very well through through the first three quarters of the game are you are you hesitant to go in on these quarterbacks who are on the road and they're they're a heavy underdog do you keep you want it to make sure that it's a close contest yeah, I'm not targeting those guys. And I think that, you know, there's that thought process out there that because they're going to lose by so much, the quarterback is going to be throwing the whole game. But I kind of touched on it earlier. You want that efficiency and not necessarily that volume. And if a quarterback is such, you know, let's say they're like an eight point dog at that point, even though they're throwing so much it's they're really not going to have as much success, even though that's the case. And again, I think there's that thought process out there that, oh, I really want to target this guy because of all that volume. But at the end of the day, that is not what matters at the quarterback position. And I believe that's a myth. The reason why I talked about potentially targeting a dog in a say three point spread is because again, the majority of people are going to gravitate to the favorites because we know, like we already touched on, that those implied team totals are very, are correlated well with quarterback success. Again, it goes down to efficiency and the quarterback's doing the most with a little bit less pass attempts sometimes. That's a general rule of thumb. But because the, the masses are looking at those favorites, if you can get a dog in 
in, in, in what is supposed to be a competitive game, right? Because Vegas is only projecting them to win by three. Well, if it's a close game the whole game, then, you know, there's going to be passing on both sides. And there is a chance then at that point for either the road quarterback or whether it's a, if, if it is a home underdog, either way, if that guy is going to be lower owned, he has a chance to outscore the guy with the higher ownership percentage. And if you have that guy, now you're jumping up uh, the majority of the field and you have a chance at that point. Bada bing, bada boom. <laughs> Nailed it. Nice, <laughs> nice contribution, Chris. We really appreciate that. Stoning analysis. Best thing that's let's, been said on the whole podcast. <laughs> let's move over. Let's move over to salary. And of course, when when we say we're talking salary, we're inferring FanDuel and DraftKings. And they both have uh, their different algorithms and ways that they go about setting the salary. So Chris, uh, your th- your thoughts on on how you're approaching uh, the week with the salary? Do you like to pay up uh, for quarterbacks? Do you like to pay up on uh, one of the sites? Do you feel like it's easier over there? How are you approaching that? Um, well, I'll start with just paying up and and the prices. I mean, I always like to look for value, and I'll be honest. I mean, everybody has a different way of playing, and I'm sure Ben, you can go and talk about this after. And for me, it's one of the last positions that I fill out when I'm putting together my lines. Okay. It's like I just feel that there's there's so like we talked about this in season long league. I think I brought it up before, like quarterback eight to quarterback eighteen. Like there's they're not separated by a, by a lot of points. It's like, I feel like the position has the highest floor, most consistent on a week to week basis. Uh, I'm looking kind of for low owned guys. I mean, I'm not going to ignore a Drew Brees at home or a Matt Ryan at home or a, certainly a Big Ben. We know about the splits. It's been talked about numerous times over the past couple of years. I'm not going to ignore a good quarterback in in a great matchup that seems fantastic. I will keep in mind that a lot of people will probably go to that quarterback as well. Uh, but I think I think grabbing a low-owned QB and having him go off is the key almost in winning a GPP and winning a big-time a big time tournament. And what I've noticed over the past couple of years is a lot of people – they're starting to think that way as well. And they kind of spend down at the position. And for me, I feel like to fill out my backs. I look at my wide receivers. We'll talk about strategy, pairing up a wide receiver with a quarterback, even a running back that can catch. You can do that. We've talked about mega stacks and game stacks as well. But for me, I'm looking after I just filled out my entire roster and I'm looking at quarterback and I'm thinking, okay, who can I plug in here at this price that I like? And if I'm not completely happy about it, I'll make some adjustments. But for the most part, I feel like, you know, a quarterback can still put a 10th price quarterback or a 12th price quarterback can still put up a pretty good game for for you. But I'm thinking over the past couple of years, and Benny, let's touch on this when I'm done here in a second, is the contrarian aspect. Because a lot of people are like, okay, I'm going to spend down on a quarterback. I don't want to spend. And I feel like it's almost contrarian to spend up now at a quarterback because some people are are thinking that way too that there's so much value at the position we always talk about waiting it out on drafts for quarterbacks how you can find value at near the end and I feel like what I've seen over the past couple of years Ben is that a, a high priced quarterback in a good matchup you may think that they're going to be highly owned but some people are thinking nah he's probably gonna be highly owned so I'm not going to play him and then I played a couple high priced quarterbacks last year and I've been surprised with the outcome that they've been low owned yeah, so first of all, I think we hammered it on the on the running back show. I'm starting with the running back position. So 
I'm not starting my line, my team with the quarterback position, but it just depends on how you want you personally decide to build teams. And there's two different ways that you can. You can you can start with a quarterback and then choose receivers for your stack or tight ends or running backs, even like we've already talked about, based off of the quarterback that you decide to play. Or you can decide what wide receivers, tight ends, running backs you want to play, and then create a stack from that aspect. And it, it it's easier from that aspect to kind of pay down at quarterback because you say, oh, well, I really love Sammy Watkins this week and he's already in my lineup. So let me go ahead and stack him with Tyrod Taylor. But to your point, Chris, I think that what we've seen over the past couple of years is like you said, you know, there are people that want to pay down at quarterback. That is kind of the trendy thing to do. But also because there are so many options and we know in redraft, that's one of the reasons why people are waiting that ownership percentage doesn't really tend to get too over the top with any of these quarterbacks because there's just so many different options. So we've already talked about not necessarily freaking out about ownership for running backs and you really don't want to do that for quarterbacks either because you can get contrarian with your stack. You know, you you know, I think Chris, you brought this up on a different podcast. You can decide, well, I'm not going to go with the stud pass catcher with this quarterback. I'm actually going to go with the cheaper option because he'll be lower owned, making your, you know, uh contrarian stack that much more contrarian or you can add multiple pass catchers things of that nature. So there's all that, but Real quick as well, since we're building the foundation, I think we need to do that a little bit in terms of FanDuel and DraftKings because we're we're being general, but there's kind of a little bit of a different way to approach both sites. FanDuel, and I think we touched on this earlier too, but FanDuel has historically made it easier to pay up for these top quarterbacks, whereas DraftKings, it's tougher to do. And we I brought this up earlier because DraftKings has that three-point bonus for 300 plus passing yards and even the three point bonus for 100 plus rushing yards. If you get really lucky with a Russell Wilson or a Tyrod Taylor or a Cam Newton, these rushing quarterbacks uh, yardage gets weighted higher on DraftKings, Whereas on FanDuel, because there are no bonuses, you need those touchdowns even more like we've already touched on. So FanDuel makes it easier to pay up at quarterback just based on the way that their salaries are. You can fit more studs on your team on FanDuel and touchdowns matter more. So when you're um, you know, deciding where you want to go cheap at quarterback and where you want to go big, the general rule of thumb is you want to pay up at quarterback on FanDuel. And then if you're having a hard time fitting a stud quarterback in on DraftKings, that's a site that makes it a little bit uh, easier to pay down at the position. Now that's just the general rule of the thumb and it ultimately comes down to the slate who's available and what you're feeling. You know, you can pay down at a quarter pay down at the position, but understand that that might limit your upside a little bit. And at the end of the day, winning a GPP is all about that upside. However, it depends on who you're locking in at other positions. And so are you going to pay up to play Aaron Rodgers if it means you can't afford to play David Johnson? These are the type of questions you have to ask yourself. And this is where it makes sense to pay down at quarterback because you're probably going to want to pay up, pay for David Johnson because he's easier to predict. We've, we've gone over this. There's less stud running backs. There's more volume, all of these aspects. And then you can pay down for a guy like Tyrod Taylor. Whereas if you switch it, if you pay up for Aaron Rodgers, especially on DraftKings, you might be forced to play a guy like Bilal Powell, who could have a great game, but there's a lot more questions to it. See, I didn't think we were going to bring up Powell anymore. Uh, but, you <laughs> oh, know, we t- man, I did it, didn't I? <laughs> you oh. boo. 
<laughs> no, that's a good point. But it in my brain. It's a good point because, I mean, not a lot of quarterbacks can rack up 100 yards, but it's why Colin Kaepernick was, when he first came out and he was starting and playing again last year, he was pretty cheap. But people were playing it because he had a safe floor uh, and he was making things happen on the ground. Maybe he didn't lean that way on, on Fandle, but certainly on DraftKings. And we talk a lot about being contrarian, and I think this I, – I, this is kind of personally how I feel. I don't really feel you need to be Kachurian at the quarterback position. I feel like it's the least position that you need to go that way uh, because of just so many options there that you could choose from. Yes. Yeah, I'm working right. on that. Before we jump into the tight end position, I was going to give you guys one last chance. Uh, it's just, is there anything else that you feel uh, should be talked about in, in kind of a general quarterback strategy? Ben, if you guys don't have anything – there's, there's not a problem. We'll just move right over to tight ends. But, Ben, do you have anything? Well, I think an intriguing thing we can throw out there real quick is weather. And, you know, this is going to matter a lot more once you get into November and December and the weather starts to get colder. I mean, you know, just think back to Lev Bell against Buffalo. And I think he had over 50 uh, DraftKings points, I think it was. They just ran the ball that whole game because it was a horrible, horrible day. And so it's just in general, teams are going to run more in cold weather quarterbacks are going to struggle with wind and a lot of that has to do with you know struggling to grip the ball hold on to the ball throw the ball in that type of in those type of conditions and so you know some people I think you know Chris had had mentioned this some people will think oh well nobody's going to play them because of that weather and want to get contrarian in that way that is not a very smart way to get contrarian because that weather just just in general limits the upside of the quarterback because he's playing in that weather and you need that upside. Yeah, I mean, I, t- I typically try to stay away from, I think there was another game too last year. I forget who it was. I think it was the Bears and maybe the Niners, and it was a brutal game, obviously, to watch. Oh, that's Jordan where they- Howard went ham. Yeah, and, and Colin and Kaepernick killed people. Yes. Yes. Yep. Yeah. I mean, exactly. You get a quarterback that that can run in a, in a bad weather, you know, environment. And Buffalo is certainly, you know, we hear a lot about the weather in Buffalo a lot here, being close to Buffalo and Tyra Taylor, who can run around. And if it's if it's rainy, if it's snowy, if it's windy, I mean, we saw Sean McCoy one one year go off against Detroit. He, yeah. he had a huge <laughs> game. Uh, a lot of people snow game. were. Yeah, the snow game, and there's like six inches of snow on the field. So, yeah, you kind of lean towards running backs that way and kind of stay away uh, because, yeah, you don't want a quarterback. It's going to be it's, it's a ton of rain and a ton of wind. And, and, and another thing, too, that I guess I'll just add in is obviously we talked about passing attempts and, and red zone uh, efficiency, all that good stuff. You want to look at a line, too. You want to, You don't want to pick a quarterback who's going to be – pressured a ton throughout the whole game and not going to be able to make anything happen. And and that's, that's clearly obviously obvious. And obviously (laughs) matchups matter too. Pay attention to that. Yeah. Oh yeah. yeah. We'll be picking on quarterbacks. who can't stop the pass. That'll be a huge part of our analysis for sure. Yeah, absolutely. So let's, uh, we got to do it. I I apologize to everyone, (laughs) but you have to talk about the tight end position. (laughs) It's in there. So we got to talk strategy. So uh, hold on. Here we go. Tight ends. Everyone's favorite fantasy position to talk about besides the kicker is, of course, the tight end. Uh, we'll, we'll kick this one off with Chris uh, because I started oh, with Ben on the last one. So, Chris, <laughs> you're picking a tight end. What what matters? And, and that I feel like that's almost like a deep philosophical life question. When you're, when you're trying to, to pick a tight end, you're like, does life really matter at this point <laughs> that I'm, I'm going through all this nonsense? But 
When you're setting your lineups, you're picking tight ends, Chris. What matters? And I know how frustrated, Mike, you get over the tight end position. I talking do. Talking to you guys over the past couple of years, it's like, all right, we'll go to the tight end now, but we only got about 30 seconds to get into it. <laughs> I mean, it, it, it's volume over efficiency. It, it is, it's the least consistent position. You have the co- top studs up top, of course, your, your Gronk, your Reed, and then there's just a huge gap. I mean, you, you don't see the tight ends get a lot of targets, uh, and when they do, it's short yardage. Uh, you, don't, you don't see the tight ends getting 30, 40-yard catches often. I mean, it happens. Certainly, you want to pick on teams, uh, you know, cover two defense. Do they leave the, open, the f- middle of the field open? I mean, that's a strategy that you can keep in mind. Uh, but for the most part, I mean, I, for me, I'm not really spending up. I don't like to. I will do it in GPPs, uh, but in cash – I'm, I'm kind of looking for touchdowns, man. Again, touchdowns is the name of the game, but it just seems like with the tight end position, it's so important. I want to look at a, at a tight end that's going to be targeted in the red zone. We look at San Diego last year. You know, it was Henry and it was Gates. Both of these guys got targeted heavily inside the red zone. I don't like to risk much of my cap space at this position because it's so bleak, because it's so bad. There's a great opportunity to spend up. I mean, there's a great chance that you spend up on a tight end and he doesn't do anything for you, and you're like, oh, man, I wasted all that cash on that uh, on that tight end. You can roll out two tight ends in, in DraftKings, put one in the flex spot. That's not a strategy I like to take. Uh, if there's a lot of bad matchups, I will spend up on a Gronk, on a Reed. They're fun to play. They're beasts at their position, but uh, I would just tell people, don't be afraid to save some cash when you're putting in a tight end in your lineups. Yeah, I'm right there with you, Chris. And it goes back to the, you know, the difference in scoring for FanDuel and DraftKings, the difference in the prices. And and we touched on this a few episodes ago. So for you loyal listeners, we really appreciate it. But this is worth reminding you about. Again, it's the same deal. FanDuel makes it a little bit easier to get more studs in your lineup. So and again, we're there are no uh, you know, yardage and essentially volume bonuses. So those touchdowns matter more. So if you're thinking about playing Gronk, and you're kind of balancing your 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 play between DraftKings and FanDuel, and of course play draft as well. I would suggest to get your at least the majority of your exposure to Gronk on FanDuel because it's just easier to do. Whereas, like you touched on, Chris, on DraftKings, they make the salary floor for tight ends twenty five hundred dollars. At least they did last year. I'm not exactly sure if it's still there this year. But regardless, usually most tight ends are going to be in that $3,000 to $4,000 range unless they are the Gronks and Reeds. So it makes so much sense to go cheap on DraftKings at tight end because you are you have to get nine guys, right? And again, we've already touched on it. You know, your quarterback is going to cost a good amount of money because the salary floor has always been 5000 I believe it's dropped down to 4000 now. But still, if you want a relevant quarterback, you're going to have to pay up a little bit. You want to get those stud running backs. And so one of those areas that you that can allow you to do that, to get the David Johnsons, the LaShawn McCoys, these guys, is to pay down at tight end. There are usually available options that are very relevant, but, you know, they just haven't done anything in the last couple games. Their price drops, their ownership drops, yet they are still they still have a very good chance to pop. And, and to, to kind of correlate with that point, what you want to look at is what type of tight end is it? And Chris touched on it a little bit, but 
how are they being used in the offense? You know, I love OJ Howard, but all the reports are coming out that he is going to start off his NFL career as the blocking tight end. And Cameron Brait, who did it last year, is going to be the guy that lines up in the slot a little bit and catches more passes. So you're not going to want to play a guy like OJ Howard because his role is more valuable to his NFL team than it is to your DFS team. So you want guys that are running a ton of routes, and that's a way to get contrarian because, you know, you'll see PFF, Pro Football Focus, tweet out the charts of, you know, yards per route run and the amount of routes that some of these tight ends are running. And these are things that we're going to talk about because even though Kobe Fleener, you know, I think Mike's going to spontaneously combust over there by me bringing him up. But even though Kobe Fleener. I'll never you know, quit did, you, Kobe Fleener. Do, what's up? I'll never quit him. Oh, I love it. I love it. So even though Kobe Fleener didn't do a whole lot last year, he was continuously running a ton of pass routes, right? And then in the middle of the season against the Panthers, Drew Brees goes absolutely ham. Kobe Fleener catches a long touchdown and he wins people GPP. So, you know, again, you want to look at guys that are at least going to be running routes and have a chance to catch passes because even if they're not, their usage suggests that they could win you a GPP in the future. Yeah, you'd be surprised if you look at, you know, just re again to red zone, red zone receptions, you'd be surprised. You see a lot of tight ends there and you see a lot of just kind of some average names. And it, for me, if I get a touchdown and, and you talked about it, Ben, with the $2,500 on DraftKings, those are the type of tight ends I love to play because I don't want to spend. I mean, I, Mike, you know it too. Gary Barnes, he was the he was the minimum. He was the absolute minimum. And why, why do I want to play him? Because I knew that Oakland couldn't cover his tight end position. They, it was a track record that had went on for a couple weeks. They struggled in the red zone as well, stopping the pass. And Cleveland didn't have a lot of options. If I'm looking at a team that doesn't have a lot of options, maybe they'll just the quarterback, especially if they're inexperienced, and a rookie, they like to throw to those tight ends. They like to just have those short yardage passes, and you can just get a chance. If you can get a, a touchdown from your tight end, especially cheap, you're laughing, you're well on your way. If you can nail that position, uh, certainly in GPPs, uh, you're going to win some money. That's exactly right, and that's why I love that you bring up that matchup against Oakland because I played Crockett Gilmore a few years back. I will forever love Crockett Gilmore because I played him at $2,500 on DraftKings, and he caught two touchdowns going against a horrible defense that can't cover the tight end, which is why matchups are so big you know, for tight ends as well because that will allow us to see – hey, you know, this tight end is $3,000, but he's got a great matchup. And like you said, Chris, if he just catches a touchdown, you know, he's going to pay off that price and allow your studs at other positions to do what they do and put you in a position to win a GPP. So matchups matter, price matters, but there are always going to be a few relevant cheap tight end options most weeks. I love it. And, and, and really, that's about all the tight end strategy that I can possibly <laughs> stomach. But of course, we will be breaking it down. Uh, here on on the podcast in the ultimate DFS pass, we're going to be looking at all the best tight end plays. And and um, for me personally, if Brock Osweiler is named the starting quarterback for the Cleveland Browns, I cannot wait for Seth, Seth DeValve to win somebody oh, a million dollars because you you can book it. That I'm t that's going to happen because it, all these trends these guys are talking about. One trend that you can always count on is Brock Osweiler. Being a coward and throwing the ball <laughs> only to his tight ends. So that's it. We're closing out. We're closing the shop on the strategy talk. Chris, you got something? And he's the bare minimum. He, he's my type <laughs> yeah, of guy, of Mike. He, he, yeah. He's the bare minimum on FanDuel and DraftKings. So I had the same thing with, 
with with draft is I, I'm waiting it out. I'm waiting it out. I, it's the same thing. I I attack that position in, in redraft leagues the same way. I just wait it out. Osweiler, the type of quarterback that does not have a high average yards per attempt, aka a quarterback right. you do not want anything to do with. Yeah, we know that Brock's going to throw the tight end, and we know that Chris Meany is all about doing the bare minimum. <laughs> <laughs> so, thanks, thanks everyone for uh, for tuning into these strategy ones. We're going to get into Week One. The magic is about to start happening. Please subscribe to the podcast if you're enjoying it. A review also really helps us out there on the iTunes uh, situation. So for my co-hosts, Ben Cummins, Chris Meany, I'm Mike, the Fantasy Hitman. All right, thank you so much for joining us. We will be back next Friday on the Fantasy Footballers DFS podcast. Until then, just keep waiting. Listening to another edition of the Fantasy Footballers DFS podcast. Don't forget to visit us on the web at www.thefantasyfootballers.com.